Hi, I'm Ashley Nichols. I'm Casey Boyd-Swan. And this is the Growing Democracy Podcast, a space for citizens, experts, and advocates to create community together. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about civic engagement, governance, and how to grow our democracy. This episode is part of our series on the power of political and civic engagement. We're talking with local elected officials, public officials, and community activists to learn more about what civic and political engagement means to them and how they're involved in their communities. Yeah, so uh, a lot of times we hear this charge that uh, this current, you know, cohort of college students, uh, let's say I'm old, so whippersnappers, um, (laughs) That they that they're apathetic, right? That they don't care about anything, and certainly not about you know uh, political and civic engagement. And that really has not at all been our experience, definitely of students in the classroom, but but across our university campus in general. Yeah, I mean that's that's been my experience as well. And I, I don't know if it has to do with the fact that I'm teaching in a political science department, or I'm connected to students that are really engaged, um, but when I'm talking with students and I'm uh, whether, whether I'm in the front of the classroom or during office hours or now virtually that they're, they want to be involved and they sometimes bring new ideas. Sometimes they're looking to me to shape those ideas, but really I think you're absolutely right. Our college students are very politically and civically engaged. I think sometimes it just requires us to think about what that looks like. Yeah, I think that's exactly right on. So today we're very lucky to have joining us uh, Tiara Moore. All right, so today we're here with Tiara Moore. Um, Tiara Moore is a rising senior at Kent State University from Salem, Ohio. She has a double major in English and political science with a minor in pre-law. Tiara is a third is the third African American woman to serve as student body president for the undergraduate student government at Kent State University. Welcome. We're so glad to have you. Thanks for having me. Tara, it's so fabulous to have you on the show with us today. So I want to get, first of all, a little bit of background about you. First, how did you come to be at KSU and what specifically brought you to political science and your decision to be involved with student government? So when I tell people that Kent wasn't my first choice, they kind of look at me funny because, you know, I'm the student body president and like I I love Kent so much, you know, I'm always representing Kent State. Um, but it, it really wasn't. Um, I'm from like, um, Sam, Ohio, which is only like 45 minutes away from Kent and I'm first generation college student. So near my parents, they had started school, but they didn't finish. And my mom actually went to Kent for a short period of time. And, you know, I think that's kind of a reason why it wasn't my first choice is because my mom, she went here and she didn't graduate, you know, and you know, that's just kind of a hard thing to think about. Like, Oh, the person I look up to the most in life, you know, she went here and she didn't finish. And so I was like, part of me was like, can I go here and finish? Like, is that something that's possible for me? So I was really hesitant to come here, but they offered me some good scholarships and um, they have some really good diversity inclusion programs that I really liked. Um, being from a predominantly white town, like that was something really important to me because, you know, I never grew up having a black community. So I wanted to go to a place that had that type of community to engage with. And um, Kent has a lot of programs and stuff 
for that. So I was like really intrigued. Um, and I, you know, I was like, okay, I'll go here. And maybe if I don't like it, I'll just transfer to somewhere else. Obviously that didn't happen. You know, once I came here, I like really fell in love with the campus and everything. I did start as an English major and I did that. I, I took AP government in high school and I like, I loved it. It was my favorite classes. And so I had really already had an interest in politics and government and law school actually at the time, but it wasn't something I really knew if I could do. Um, you know, I, it just, I didn't see a lot of people like, like me, a lot of women, a lot of um, people of color, you know, going to law school or going into government, stuff like that. You know, even people from my hometown in general, like it's not like a super huge interest area for a lot of people. So I was kind of hesitant on it. And then at the time, my family actually wanted me to be a vet. So I was kind of leaning towards that, like oddly enough. So I was like, okay, like I'm just going to go and be a vet. And then I ended up changing my mind to major in English kind of last minute. My English teacher at, um, in high school was like, you're so like great at this. Like if you ever thought about majoring in English, like you would be so good in the humanities. And I thought about it and I realized I, you know, I like, I love science, like res- all respect to science and scientists, but it's not for me. It's not something I'm naturally good at. Like, it's just not something that I have a passion for, like I do for politics and so- and just English studies. So I switched to major in English and everyone's like, what are you going to do with that? So I was like, you know, maybe I'll go to law school, maybe I'll teach or whatever. And I kind of didn't have a set plan. But then I, when I came here to Kent, I took some introductory political science classes for my Kent core. And then I had met with my advisor and they're like, oh, look, you should add a double minor in pre-law and political science because there's a lot of overlap and it would be something I could do in four years. So I was like, okay. And so I had that. And then I actually declared my double major in, or in English and political science this past year because I like the more I get involved in politics, the more I love it. Like, you know, I think it's one of those things that it's, hard not to be fascinated with, you know, like everyone's like, Oh, I hate politics, but I think politics, it just really draws you in. Um, so I declared my double major in that, which is fortunate because I'll be able to finish it in four years. So I like, it all really worked out for me. And in terms of student governments, cause actually student government is what made me more into politics. So I guess like going backwards to like my second year. So my sophomore year at Kent, that's when I started, the, I ran my first campaign and got involved. So I, this is a story that um, I told a lot during my campaign, and it's kind of what I think got me interested in student government or put that on my radar. So as a freshman, I did an orientation program. Um, there's a cultural program aimed for, you know, African-American students, Asian students, Hispanic students, um, those that don't identify as white primarily. And it was a great program, and I learned a lot. And it was, you know, interesting because, you know, like I said, that was a community I never had before. But one thing that stuck out to me during that program is we had a uh, session with a bunch of uh, the upperclassmen in the program and that people were asking about student organizations, like how to get involved. And someone asked like, Oh, student government, how do I get involved with that? And then the response was, that's not for people that look like us. And that's kind of like, at the time I didn't really realize what that meant or it wasn't really something that impacted me directly. Like I just heard it and I was like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, I just kind of went about my day, you know, it wasn't really a huge thing. But then fast forward to my sophomore year, um, I was, you know, walking through campus and I saw a flyer about an informational session for student government, like how to run a campaign. And my first thought was, that looks so interesting. Like I definitely should be involved in that. And then my second thought was, that's not for people that look like me. So I actually walked past that flyer. And that's something that, you know, I, I honestly just really didn't realize like, the impact of it, what it meant. And so I remember I went back to my dorm. I thought about it a while and I was like, I never let the fact that 
I'm a person of color that I'm a woman stopped me from doing anything in life. So like, why would it let me, like, why would it let it stop me now? So I went back to that flyer, took a picture of it and what's informational and, you know, ran a campaign and won and rest kind of history, you know, now I'm just body president. So it's kind of, um, you know, a crazy story because like they, what, one thing I like to think of is like how many freshmen in that room with me heard that and thought that and just didn't change their opinion or didn't try to challenge that or who still think that today, you know, I know there's like a lot of people that still feel that way. Um, and that's why I ran because I kind of wanted to change that narrative and really make change our campus. And that's something that my first campaign, I really didn't run on that a lot. Like I didn't really mention that story. I kind of just went through it and, you know, um, I, you know, I did talk to people about that, but it wasn't like a huge thing for me. But when I ran to be president, you know, I kind of looking back, I was like, oh, like, that's like a huge thing. Like that, that's why I want to do this. Like, that's what made me want to do it in the beginning. So I really did share that story a lot more running to be president. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got involved with student government in general. That's a, an amazing story and also frustrating. <laughs> you got involved in student government a few years ago, right? Uh, and one of the projects that you took on is called Kent State Votes. So what is Kent State Votes? What is this What is this project? How has it informed the work that you're doing? And, and what's, what's happening with it now? Okay, yeah. So I was elected to be Director of Governmental Affairs last academic year, so my junior year. And Kent State Votes was one of the biggest projects I worked on. It's actually an initiative and Interestingly enough, it already kind of existed in our campus before I was approached about leading it or taking charge of it. And it was basically before kind of like a small collection of um, faculty and staff and community members, you know, they're trying to just get students registered to vote, you know. So it had, you know, they had like some things going for it, but it wasn't fully developed, I would say. Um, and then early on in my term, I was approached, um, actually, I actually think it was the summer before I even started about it. And so I learned about it and I was like, oh, this sounds, sounds like something super cool. And under the bylaws of my position, like one of the huge things is registering students to vote, you know, like that's like pretty much what government, director of governmental affairs is supposed to be doing. And I was like, oh, like, obviously I would like to work with this larger group rather than start my own thing or do my own thing independently. That would just be a lot more efficient, I think, consolidate all of our resources together. So the initiative, you know, we had discussions early on, and one thing that we felt would be the best for it was to make it a student-led initiative. So Kent State Votes, it, since it kind of existed on campus but didn't necessarily have a home, we decided to give it a home of student government. And so that would make the director of governmental affairs in charge of running it and us, like, the ones really running the initiative, which is, like, super interesting because not a lot of initiatives on campus are shaped like that. Like, a lot of them are just run by faculty or staff. But you know, this is student run and the faculty and staff are then brought to the table, if that makes sense. So our mission, I would say, is to um, support Kent State students' right to vote by increasing voter registration opportunities and empowering students with nonpartisan information and tools. And then we also want to challenge the barriers to political participation in general. So, you know, my whole vision for it was not just stopping at registering students to vote, but to continue helping them through that process to become more politically active and engaged on our campus. What are, uh, so I know you um, rolled this out uh, last year, right? Yeah. So last year we had a total kind of rebranding of the initiative. So that's the one thing that I worked on originally is, you know, they gave me all the information, everything about it. And 
one thing I felt like it was lacking was a direction in a brand. So I spent most of the fall semester, I, you know, I had the logo redesigned. I came up with our missions, our values, our goals. You know, we had got a website running. Um, we revamped our social media. So we really did a whole rebranding because like the one thing, you know, it's not like what it was there before was bad. You know, I like to think of Kent Votes as like my toddler. Like it wasn't a baby anymore. Like it was already there, but like you, did, it just needs some more direction to grow into something a little bit better. So, you know, we took care of it. We took it in and, you know, like they had, like I said, they had good things, but the one thing I think it was lacking was a really relatable component to students. So we made the logo like a little bit more fun. We changed our messaging to be a little bit more um, open to show that, you know, we're nonpartisan. Like that's a huge thing for us, especially student government, since we are a nonpartisan organization, like. I really wanted to hit that home for students because sometimes if they see something run by a student government, you know, at a more liberal institution, they automatically think, you know, it's partisan in some way or that we're pushing some agenda or something like that, which is like not the case in this initiative. So we really wanted to, you know, get more feedback from students and to make sure that it was an initiative that they would feel comfortable engaging with and that they were happy engaging with. And I think, honestly, the rebranding and making it student-led was like the best thing for this initiative because... You know, we would table and send register students to vote. And, like, one thing that I was getting early on is, like, this is going to sound bad, but people would be like, oh, I'm happy these old people aren't here doing this. You know, people would come up to us, like, students, and they would be like, we're so, they would just be so thrilled that we were the ones doing it and not, like, being harassed by old people. Like, they're like, we don't want to see any more boomers, you know. So that, that seeing the reaction from the fellow students was really crazy because I wasn't really expecting that initially. Like, I, you know, since people have been trying to do these efforts on our campus before, like, there's people you know, outside organizations come all the time to students to vote. But the response that we get as fellow students compared to what they get as, you know, people from the older generation, like, is very different, I think. And I, I just wasn't really expecting that. So we really wanted to rebrand it to be more of a student-friendly initiative, you know, and show that our focus was, like, the students. Like, this is a voter registration initiative on a college campus. Like, you know, we have to make sure we brand it correctly that so students feel comfortable engaging with us. Now, Tara, Kent State Votes is is the primary goal just to get students to register, or is there an additional goal, maybe a secondary, or maybe it's actually just as primary, which is to understand some of the barriers that students have to voting? Because, I mean, you can register people to vote all you want, but that doesn't mean, right, that that's going to result in them actually being able to vote. Yeah, that's what, um, you know, a big thing is definitely finding out the barriers. I think Early on, I learned some of those had to do with, like, just, for example, polling locations, like students on campus don't really know. Or if you're in a dorm, like, how do you write down your address in the way that's acceptable for the Board of Elections? Like, there's specific ways you have to do all that stuff that they don't really make readily available to our students. So um, I really spent a lot of the early time researching, like, where the problems were, like, where are students lacking this information so we can see, like, um, you know, like just a lot of students didn't even know you had to bring a proof of address and like you can get those from your dorm, you know, that, but that's not really advertised to students when they move in. So it was seeing like, okay, how can we get that information to students so they know that those resources are there and that that's an option for them, especially too, because a lot of students aren't from the Kent area. Like some of them might be, but a lot of them are, some of them aren't, might not even be registered to vote depending how old they are, or they might be registered at home and they might have not, some of them might have not actually even voted yet like you know there's we get students all, all areas but a lot of them since you know we are dealing with younger demographic are pretty early on in their political engagement so they don't really know a ton about voting they don't really know a ton of like about polling locations or what to do even so we really spent a lot of time trying to figure out those barriers for college students and find ways to make the give them information so they um could overcome all those barriers i suppose 
Where do you see uh, programs like Kent State Votes going in the future? I know you're now, you know, uh, student body president, so you've kind of moved on from the position um, of governmental affairs and 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 overseeing Kent State Votes. But from from your perspective, where do you see it? Where do you see it headed? Um, I think it's headed in, in a positive direction. I think it's going to increase and grow. I mean, while I am not like directly in charge of the initiative anymore, you know, I had to like kind of like let that go a little bit, you know, so um, my predecessor or can um, take over. But I definitely still think it's important. I think it's important that student governments and students in general really do push these initiatives. And I think um, with the virtual format, especially of a lot of things now, colleges, that might be a good opportunity for colleges to do more collaboration with each other. I know personally, I've already talked to some representatives at Bowling Green and they have a pretty decent size um, voter registration initiative over there. And so one thing that we had talked about before COVID actually was making um, a kind of a coalition of voting initiatives in Ohio. So one thing we've, we wanted to try to plan a conference where we could all come together and learn from each other because, you know, like what, one issue that we have at Kent might, they might also have over in Akron, you know? And so like, how can we work together to overcome those issues? So, you know, I think the more collaboration is, is where it's headed. I think before it was kind of like little groups doing these things like all over, but like even now on our campus, like, you know, I've gotten approached by so many other student organizations, like other groups, like other individuals who just like want to work together on this rather than separate. Cause I think there are, is power in numbers. So I'm really hoping that in general, like colleges start working together more on these initiatives and students really start uniting on this because yeah, I think the more people talking about it, the more people working on it, like the better. So it, let me ask you this question. Why is this work important to you? I mean, this, this is a pretty time consuming endeavor. Uh, I mean, being in student government in general <laughs> right, is pretty time consuming. So why is it important to you? And, and what is it that's motivating you to continue to do this work? I think it's important because whether we like it or not, I think politics dictates everything in life, you know, like, and a lot of people don't tend to think like that, you know, um, actually this past year I was working with students in like nursing, just for example, and a lot of the students in that academic area, they were like, you know, we're not political science, like, you know, we're not doing things that might necessarily involve politics. But then I was like, okay, what about all the policies related to nurses and like how they operate in hospitals and all the, all these policies that, you know, dictate your job and your life. Like those are all tied back to politics, you know, like politics are the ones who put them there. Politics are the ones that can change them. And if you have issues of those things, like that's when you have to like, see like, Oh, does your representative care about universal healthcare? Does your representative care about rights for nurses and doctors like what do they what do they care about that relates to you because they do have to have an opinion on it because they're going to be making decisions that directly impact you especially on the community level so I think it's just important because it just ties into everything that's one thing I really like to emphasize because people you know students I suppose I talk to they're like oh I don't really see how this impacts me and I can I'm like okay like what do you want to do like what's your major like where like where do you live and then I can list off a bunch of ways like that they are impacted directly by the politics in their area, which I think a lot of people do find surprising because they kind of see politics as something that just is itself, you know, it's just politics is over here and what I'm doing might not necessarily tie into that. But I think seeing that the connection is really important. And then as for like what motivates me, I think seeing the, the light bulb go off, like seeing a student like be like, Oh, like this is important. Like when they realize like, Oh, like, I can have an impact or like I have a voice and I can use it. I think seeing that like aha moment is 
what really makes it for me. Like, you know, cause and it, it is time consuming sometimes. Like, you know, I'll sit there at the voter registration table for an hour and not have anyone. And then someone will come along and then I'll be able to like help them and like show them like, this is so important. And then like seeing how motivated they are to really be politically engaged. Like, I think that just makes me feel so much better. And then I think the work while it is time consuming and sometimes it does feel slow, like seeing the actual change that's happening on the broader scale. So just for an example, the voting rate at Kent State University in 2014 was about 22%, which is like a very low, very low number under national average, like not very, like not very great. But um, in 2018, we saw an increase to 39% actually. Um, and that is kind of when Kent State Votes started in our campus. And so we're hoping to really see a bigger increase after the efforts this previous year, um, 2019, and then continuing on in 2020. So like, even though sometimes we sit there and we don't feel like we're making that big of an impact, like just to see that big of a jump in like, you know, a couple of years from people doing nothing to actually doing something like that, just that makes me feel so much more motivated to continue the work because, you know, while everything's not going to change overnight, I think that over time, you know, we can really change the culture of our university to like make that more important thing. I mean, and just even in the year I've been in charge of initiative, like um, I feel like we've done so much better at getting the word out there, like inform students about it. You know, we're working and trying to get it incorporated in like first year curriculum. Um, you know, we have a website up now. So like, you know, the change is slow, but I think it really is making a difference in the voter registration rates and the voting rates for our students. That's impressive. The work that you all are doing. I know because we've had the benefit of talking previously <laughs> um, that in addition to Kent State votes, in your capacity uh, on student government, you were also doing other things to encourage people to get involved in in politics and, and move and recognize that voting is one mechanism of engagement. Can you tell us a little bit about some of those other strategies um, or kind of uh, programs you were put in place to 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 mobilize our student body? Yeah. So that's, that's one of the things that I think I find the most frustrating is people think it's just voting and it ends up voting. There's nothing else that they can really do to make a change. Um, and one thing I ran on as or to be director of governmental affairs is it increased advocacy from our campus. Um, Cause a lot of, you know, other colleges I saw doing a lot of really great advocacy work at the state house and on the national level. And I was like, why doesn't Kent State University do that? Like we have issues, we care about things like we can go to our, legislators and talk to them about it. And so I actually planned a advocacy trip to the Ohio State House and we met with like the Lieutenant Governor and a bunch of representatives. It was really great. And one thing that I really want to emphasize to my colleagues and like the student body is like, you know, I wanted to focus on the issue that was important to them. So, you know, in our meetings I was like, okay, like what do students really care about right now? Like what's an issue that we can go advocate for? Because like I said, like people think kind of politics is like one thing. So like, oh, what are you going to go advocate for? Like for, like something about voting, like these people just really didn't get it. But then there was a lot of conversations going on at the time about mental health on our campus. And I was like, we can go advocate for increased mental health services. Like that's something that we can do. Like we can use our voices, on our platform to advocate for that type of change. You know, I think people found it surprising that like we could do that, you know, like a lot of my colleagues I worked with were, you know, in um, the science and stuff like that. And, you know, they've never really been, you know, involved in like advocacy work or anything like to that capacity before because that's just not something in their realm and so I think it was really eye-opening for them to see like oh well this is something I can do to create change with politics like you know I'm still like using my voice and everything like it's not just voting it's going there and talking to legislators and 
informing them of like why it's important. And I think it was interesting too, because after we came back, we had a debrief and a lot of the students I took along with me the trip were so surprised of how little our legislators even knew about this issue. And I was like, yeah, because if college students don't speak up on the issue, how are they going to know it's there? You know? And I was like, the same thing as representatives for student government, like if students have an issue, unless they tell us about it or we, we know about it, there's not like a lot we can do to alleviate that issue. And I think that it kind of was eye-opening for them to see like, oh, like that's why it's important to talk to your legislators. Like even if it's calling them, giving them an email, like going to their office and saying, hi, like you need to like, if you have an issue, you need to tell your representatives so they can actually do something about it. And then you can hold them accountable as well. So change can happen. So that was a huge thing that I worked on. You know, it took a lot of planning because I've never done anything like that before. And no one in our government had done anything like that before either. So um, it was quite interesting to like, call all of our legislators. I think we met with around 40 total. We broke up in different groups and stuff like that. So it was a really great um, time. And we actually, I had plans to go to Washington, D.C. to meet with members of Congress for the spring semester, but unfortunately COVID canceled those plans. Um, But I'm hoping that this year, even if we can't travel to D.C., we're going to continue our advocacy work. So doing more like, you know, call-ins or something like that with our legislators to say like, hey, like these are issues, this is why we care about it, you know, this is why you should care about it. And I think too, the thing that I found pretty interesting that they like a lot of legislators listen to us a lot more than I was expecting. Sometimes I think college kids aren't getting enough credit. They just see us as college kids like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about, you know. But to go into offices and actually be respected and like to like see like, oh, wow, these people really know what they're doing. Like they their issues are just important. Anyone else is just because they're younger doesn't mean that they're less informed about something. And I think that was kind of, you know, we did get some of that, you know, and I was expecting that, but I think hearing from representatives that really did care about our voices was really encouraging, especially ones that are more local because like, you know, they're representing us. You know, if you're in a district that has a huge college, like you, you better care about the opinions of college students, you know? So I think it was really cool that we had support, you know, when we went there and that a lot of legislators did really care about our, opinions and like what we wanted and heard us out even though others were kind of did discredit us a little bit more you know but that's just like the more reason to go back there again and say hey like we're still here like we're not gonna go until you you know fix this issue for us um especially with mental health actually when we were there we had found out that the state has allocated money to mental health resources for like k-12 through schools in the community but they don't have anything specifically for higher education and i was like that's very surprised. Like, what did you guys think that if someone has a, you know, mental health concern, they go to college, it just goes away. Like, no, like it's going to be there still. And I think even more so, if anything, you know, compared to K through 12 colleges is definitely a different ball game. So I think like ignoring students in college, you know, not even thinking that they might need those resources is problematic. And that's why it's important that we continue our advocacy work. So no, Tara, I mean, college students are passionate about things. I think that we know pretty well that they care, right? And that they're willing to voice their opinions. And it can also be hard to mobilize them to kind of, as you said, take some of this action work seriously, or to, to even understand that they can be advocates for things. So how is it that you go about doing it? What's your strategy for mobilizing them to take action on things they care about? And is your role in student body government give you maybe a, a better opportunity or a context in which to do that? Is that helping you do that in any way? Yeah, I for sure think that having a platform being in government has helped me a lot to be able to mobilize. Um, I mean, just 
for an example, you know, the protests that happened in Kent more recently, you know, I was approached early on in the planning of it to be a part of that because yeah, I am student body president and and obviously I'm African-American as well. So like, you know, that's another reason that they want to include me on it. But whenever I gave feedback on how they should go about mobilizing this protest, like people listened to it and respected it because, you know, I am a leader on our campus and like I've done this type of work before. So I think definitely it helps to have that credibility, like that platform um, in that like history doing the work to mobilize students. Because I think students... They like, like you said, they do care about the issues and they want to do something. But I think sometimes they don't think of it as a collective issue. I think sometimes students see an issue and they're like, what can I do? Not like, what can I do with my peers to help change it? So I think really encouraging them to work with each other. Like, hey, like you care about this issue and you care about this issue. Why can't you guys together work on it? I think it's a better way to mobilize it because I think it is, you know, difficult work and it is time consuming work. And one person alone easily can get discouraged and get stuck and not know where to go next. But I think having a bigger network and really working with other people who have the same issue as you is like really important. So I think as a leader on our campus, like one thing I like to do is try to make sure I connect those bridges. Like if this person cares about this, and this person cares about this, like introduce them together, like, you know, like have them sit down together so they can work on it together rather than separately. Um, because even just an example of the protest planning, you know, the individual that, started planning it um, on her own, you know, realized that it was a big undertaking to do something like that. You know, like it's not like she wanted to see change and like use her voice, but she didn't necessarily know exactly how to do that. And so working with me and other organizations on campus, you know, I got to like pull a lot of people into the table and help make sure that a lot of people are involved. And that helped the process so much, you know, go so much easier. Like everyone, it was just a lot, it's a lot for one person. So I think, um, mobilizing students is it's important to mobilize them together like showing that like you can make a bigger change together than you can separate and I think too um there's power in numbers I've always thought that and I think the instant government really makes me see that a lot so if a lot of students are advocating for one thing you know our legislators are more likely to listen to it our administrators are more likely to listen to it absolutely so in, in the growing democracy project and on the podcast you know we talk a lot about a lot of those things, right? The, the, the power of civic and political engagement, the importance of community organizing and mobilizing networks and so on. And we kind of have put forward that we value an engaged citizenry. Um, but what that means might be different to different people, right? So from your perspective, what is an engaged citizenry? What does that look like? And, and maybe why is it valuable? I think... And to me, an engaged citizenry, I can't even talk, sorry. But um, I think the one thing is that they would all be educated on the happenings of not only like the world, but their community. Because I think um, to be politically engaged and civically engaged, like you need to know what's happening. Like just the issues going on in like your area as well as the whole country. So I think... um, that people would just be more knowledgeable about what's happening in their communities. Like what are the issues like that? Not only they face, but other communities face, because I think um, education is super important in this type of work because some people might know a lot about it in general, or like they might know a lot about their issue, but like, what about this person, this year, this person's. And I think being educated on all the issues in general that face that, that their community faces is the best way to actively create change, you know, like, and I think we see that a lot today, you know, people actually seeing like the issues, in like, you know, the black communities across America, like it's hard to make change for the better if you don't know what your neighbor's going through, if you don't know the issues that they're having. So, and I feel like as 
a part of that community is kind of your obligation to make sure like, like, okay, I might be doing good, but like, if my neighbor's not doing good, like, what can I do to make sure like they're doing good as well? Like what issues are they facing and how can I use my platform, my privilege, my ability to like really empower them? So I really do think that, um, you know, an engaged population is, would be knowledgeable about everyone's issues as well as their own. And they would be willing to seek out ways to encourage other voices that might not be encouraged or to make sure that everyone's at the table and everyone's being heard. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much, and I think, I guess, I think you mentioned like how we would get there. So like I said, like education, like I think really informing people like all these issues you know not just your own like every day I think I learn about some other issue on campus I never knew about before like you know like I'm not a music major so I don't really know like the issues those students are having over there but if someone tells me about it I'm like oh like I need to do something about that because even though it doesn't affect me directly that still affects someone else in my community and I want to make sure that like they have that issue solved. So, uh, Taryn, we talked a little bit about this in the green room before. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to pop a question on you that I think you probably maybe already uh, suspected I was going to ask. But so you are coming into uh, your presidency of the student body government uh, at Kent State University and also your senior year. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. How is that changing from kind of your expectations of what you thought you were going to be meeting when you were going to be president of the student, uh, you know, uh, of the student government? And especially as your experience as a black woman, are there things that you uh, were not expecting that have happened? Maybe some silver linings from it? And it's okay if there aren't any. And and maybe there are some barriers that you didn't expect that you're like, oh my gosh, we're in this right now. And wow, this is what's going on. I'd love to hear about your experience with this. Yeah. I mean, I think everything that's happened has been unexpected. I would say even like when I found that I won, you know, I was, it was still like, I was like, oh wow. Like I really won. Like it was just unexpected. And actually, um, our voting for student government is two days at Kent State University. And so the first day was the day that campus shut down because of COVID. So I was actually, I didn't even go to class that day because I um, used my absences to go campaign, you know, cause like, it's just what you have to do. And I was walking around campus and then I just like, everyone's freaking out and I actually had an event planned that night. So I had a, you know, like a Kent State Votes event. I had ordered like a thousand t-shirts for, like I had all these like speakers coming in and um, then we get the email that said like, oh, Kent's campus is closed at like 4 p.m. And my event was at like 6. So I was like frantically trying to call people and cancel my event and like all this stuff. And I was also campaigning and like the atmosphere of campus was just panic because no one knew what was going on. And, um, you know, I was trying to get students to vote. So I was like talking to students and like they're obviously they're more concerned of what's going on than voting for student government. So it was kind of a very panicked time. And there was also election drama going on. So it was very frantic, of course. And then the second day of voting, um, because we didn't even know what was going to happen at that point after voting closed, you know, at 5 p.m., we were like, okay, well, what's going to happen if campus is closed? And our election commissioners decided to keep the election running. So we ran our second day of voting on a closed campus. And so actually um, the only buildings that were open were Eastway, our dining hall and um, the library. And so me and my opponent, like, and normally because Kent's a big campus, like I would campaign the same space as my opponent. Sometimes, you know, that's just like a given, but during election, like voting days, like it's not really, you know, good to be around the same area. Cause like he probably talked to these people and they probably vote for him or who knows what's going to happen. So like, you know, it's we pretty much spread out and kind of, 
keep tabs on each other like just don't go to those areas but because the campus is closed we both were campaigning like right next to each other like on voting day which is extremely stressful because people will be like okay why should i vote for you and not you and i was like oh, like it was just um a lot of politics going on so that was really crazy and then when they announced that i had won like like i said like i was still like in shock i was like wow like all this work you know it's just it's crazy to see like the results of something that like you know you've been working for for months and i think anyone that's involved in politics knows like you know, you can try and make projections or like, you know, in student government, like we can't even do all that. Like, it's not like I can like send out surveys and be like, oh, who you're going to vote for, you know? Like you kind of don't really know until it happens, until you see the numbers. And, you know, I've seen people win by like two votes and lose by two votes. So like, I think, um, you know, it's just like, you don't really understand when, like what's going to happen until it happens. You're like, oh, okay. But whenever I won, that was still whenever we thought we were going to come back on campus. And like, it, I wasn't really... I'm not gonna say concerned about the pandemic, but I didn't really think that was gonna really influence my presidency at all at that point because I was like, okay, we're just gonna go a couple weeks online and go back. And obviously that didn't happen, you know, with everything that happened. Um, and so I, because we normally have like a passing of the gavel and like we have a lot of things that have to happen in our transition for our governments. So I had to move all that virtually. I held like 40 interviews virtually to fill our appointment positions and stuff like that we had to do a lot, all of our transition online and I had to like pretty much move our whole government to function online with our previous president, which was more challenging than I guess I, I, I even thought, you know, I've never done meetings like Robert's rules online. So I think figuring out like how to use zoom, like figuring out how to like make everything our voting. How do we vote online? How do we make our meetings public? Cause our bylaws, they have to be public. Like how do we, like do all these things virtually was a huge question that we all had to face very early on because, you know, we had to adapt. Like there's, like I said, there's things we had to do in our transition that we had to do, like, you know, just because of pandemic, like to be functioning government, like we had to figure out a way to do them. So we actually ended up even voting to make amendments to our bylaws and stuff to say that we can participate in um, virtually. Cause actually in our bylaws that, that it said like um, any vote that happened virtually was not valid. So we had to, change all that and do a lot of stuff to change all that. Um, and like one thing that I've definitely been concentrating on is making sure that if this ever happens again, that our government is equipped to do that, you know, it's going to be easier for the next person. Cause like, you know, obviously like I didn't know, like no one was holding my hand through this process. Like no one's done, none of us done this before, but if it ever happens again, like someone's gonna have a really good template on what to do <laughs> in this situation. And I think at that point when I started transitioning everything online um, in the end of spring semesters, I realized like that my presidency is not going to be anything what I imagined it to be. Um, you know, a lot of the projects I had ran my campaign on and things I really wanted to do just aren't necessarily possible at this point. And my leadership was needed to, to do other things, you know, like my voice and time was meant to, or needed to be doing other things like transitioning us online, like empowering my peers of how to do their things online, like dealing with all these questions about reopening, working with the university on reopening, um, it's been like huge that obviously I didn't think I was going to be working on this summer, but I think, you know, like while at first it was a little bit disappointing to see like, you know, all my projects I had planned for the end of semester not follow through. Like I said, my can't say votes event was canceled. All my votes for 2020 or all my events for the 2020 census were also canceled. My trip to DC was canceled because all that stuff was the end of the semester. So that was pretty upsetting, but I, you know, tried to really see, the right side of things. And I think one thing that I've realized as we've been going on through this is that this is a lot better way. I mentioned this in the green room for us to get connected. 
So I've been working with the presidents of other public institutions in Ohio on releasing statements related to George Floyd and like police brutality related to COVID. Very early on, I was advocating for the pass-fail options for students whenever we went online because a lot of students, you know, they were dealing with a lot of hardships, you know, in that situation. It was very hard. So being able to see that and then say, oh, I can do something about this and like use my platform to go and meet with administrators and say, hey, like our students really need some, you know, something right now. Like they need more support. They need this and that. Because like, you know, as a student, I was feeling that too, you know? So I think that was really interesting. I think there's a lot of um, positive change that can come from that. And I think us all working together, you know, like typically um, we do work with our student governments in Ohio a little bit and stuff like that. But I think with online, that's really, really been increased. Like I've been getting emails from like representatives of student governments all over the country, actually, which is really cool. And being able to go to webinars with them and connecting with presidents all the way down to like, you know, Texas and Florida and like things like that. I think it's so cool that I probably wouldn't be doing that if we weren't virtual, you know? And then I think really being able to speak, you know, cause like I said, like none of us dealt with this before. So this is like a lot of really, really big changes that our institution is seeing and be able to be a part of those is like huge. You know, actually my presidency has been compared to a lot of people by a student to the student by president who was president during May 4th, because that was a really big time in university and where a lot of changes happened. And so, you know, obviously can't say it's not, you know, nothing will compare to May 4th, but I think just the changes are happening are, you know, comparable if you're thinking about just change in general on our campus. And so, you know, being able to be a part of this moment in history to like, like be a part of, of just like the changes and being able to say like, Hey, like, this is what students want. This is what they don't want. And, being able to be their voice, I think, has been really great. Like, while it's not, like, what I expected it to be, I think it's honestly maybe even been a little bit better because I think that my platform and my opinions my voice might have not even been heard as much if it wasn't given this time, if that makes sense. And I think with everything going on, of like, Black Lives Matter, like, being, you know, a Black woman leader on our campus, like, obviously, a lot of people have been bringing me to the table in those conversations and I've been able to really advocate for, you know, my own community um, and the issues that have kind of been overlooked in the past in the university. Actually, they are going to be starting anti-racism committee, you know, because, you know, I was like, you know, what are you going to, what are you guys actually going to do about this issue? And so we talked about it and they're going to be making this committee and have students involved in the committee, which is great. So like, I really love that I can sit there and like see these issues and say like, Hey, like, this is what the change we want to see. Like, this is what students think. And, you know, just even being more transparent and having more students um, voices involved is something that I think is really powerful to advocate for right now. Um, so while I can't, you know, work on my discount lift rad programs that I ran on, there's, you know, some other fun things. I think the things I am doing right now are like, you know, it's like, it's bigger than that. That's so powerful. What would you want to say to that student in their first year class in this moment? You know, so that four years from now, they're following your lead. I would just say that like anything is possible. Like I just like, I know that sounds cliche and like, you know, just it's just cliche, but I obviously never thought I'd be a student body president. Like I, even when I was running my campaign or when I started to run my campaign, you know, I had a lot of self-doubt. I think that's pretty common in this type of profession in this field and especially being a woman you know we don't have many women presidents we don't have many black presidents and you know being only the third african-american woman in like a hundred years of this organization's been established like that to me is like super insane you know like that's just like crazy that that this is not super 
a common occurrence. Um, and to me, that's like, you know, I, I think it needs to be. I think we need more perspectives in student government and more people to be a part of it. And so I think that I would encourage that student to really just try. And, you know, I think what you work through, like, it's hard. Like, I would definitely tell them it's, you know, running a student by president is a hard thing I've done in college for sure. Like, I would rather take any of my super hard classes over again than have to run my campaign over again, for sure. But I think it's the most rewarding thing I've done, you know, just in my life in general so far, like being able to be such an advocate for students. But yeah, I would just tell them that like, you know, anything's possible. You just really have to put your mind to it and then find the people that do support you. Because I think that's the thing is a lot of people told me I couldn't do this. And a lot of people told me that this wasn't for me, but there was people that told me it was like, there was people like, you know, my friends, like other students, like administrators, like, you know, family members, like there's people that told me, I could do it. And there's people that told me I couldn't. So I think you have to find the people that really encourage you and that tell you you can do it. You know, because even my, I remember my first like campaign meeting with my friends, we were in our dorm and we were trying to like figure out how to make a flyer, you know, for my campaign, like going from that to like, you know, having a group of students, you know, mobilized to help me with my campaign, like my team, like passing out things for me and like just seeing like, I don't know, like there are people that really are supporters and that really can encourage you and help you. I think you just have to find those people and, they'll find you a lot of times. I think, you know, like I think the right people come in your life for a reason. So I think you'll find the people that are going to support you and encourage you and be there whenever you doubt yourself, you know, like they're not going to doubt you and like talk you through it. Cause I think that's like, you know, a lot, it is hard. Like you do have to have a lot of, um, I don't know, no, just like motivation. So I think just remembering like why you did this, like, you know, I'd always remind myself like why I wanted to do this. Like even when it was hard, like, I wanted to see this change. Like I wanted to change the whole narrative of student government on campus. And so even though it was hard, I was like, I, I wanted that so badly that I kept pushing through. So I think, um, yeah, that student just needs to know, like if they want it, you know, they can do it and they just need to really try. Well, Tara, the students are lucky to have you representing them, but I think the whole Kent state community is really lucky to have you um, in the role that you're in right now. And I look forward to voting you for some state office in the future. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I know my friends are already like, when are we going to run like your, your next campaign? <laughs> Do it. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, I, I absolutely am, am voting for you in the future. Uh, I already won my, my vote. So... Thank you, Tara, for joining us and for sharing your story um, and for the work that you're doing. Uh, we're, we're inspired by all of our students, um, but uh, we're inspired by you in particular. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I mean, I think it's um, great that you guys are highlighting student voices and giving students an opportunity to like talk. And, you know, obviously, um, I really appreciate being able to talk about all these things because these have been my passions for the past couple of years and will continue to be so for my next year or my last year at Kent State University. So uh, I'm hoping that, you know, to pass along the gavel to someone else and to, um, really encourage change to keep happening on our campus. You know, obviously I'm going to be really invested in Kent even after I graduate. So my whole, one of my goals is to really see a more sustainable change, you know, so the legacy I leave behind, I want to see it continued for sure. Love that. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Growing Democracy podcast. I'm Casey Boyd-Swan, and my co-host is Ashley Nichols. Our podcast is edited by Jeremy Demery at Golden Ox Studio right here in Cleveland, Ohio, and supported by the American Political Science Association. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website, growingdemocracyoh.org. Join us next time when we continue this conversation about civic and political engagement.